everyone. Welcome to the Gone Balls Rambling Podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Christmas edition well, of Eclectic Escapades. Merry Christmas and when it comes, a happy new year to all. Well, I'm hoping to get this on the 23rd or 24th, so hopefully, so just to go get ahead of ourselves, happy Christmas Eve Eve or just simply at Merry Christmas Eve. Or simply if I drink more of my bottle during, during the show, Merry New Year. <laughs> Merry New Year. Well, yes, this is a collective escapade. It's a Christmas edition. Not just because it's coming out at Christmas, but we're talking about Christmas related film with somebody from the Fraser cast. That, that is so sickly sweet, it will give you diabetes if you make it through it. <laughs> I mean, is there any more sickly sweet than the Muppets version of a Christmas carol? Yes. I mean, I mean Muppets is made by Disney as well. The thing is, Masters right, of Sickly Sweet Things. The thing is, to get it, to get it specifically, and I. I will say this because I read some I read some kind of a quote or meme or some kind of thing on Facebook the other day and I actually thought, do you know, that's quite an interesting way to put it. You look at the Muppet Christmas Carol, right? Which is also a musical. Yeah. You their, know, year, their year anniversary this year as well. Very true, very true. Happy birthday, <laughs> you know. But it is a musical, yes. It does have dancing, it does have emotional bits in it. But... In A Muppet Christmas Carol, I believe it is more finely balanced than what the film we are about to review. Mm-hmm. You know? And Michael Caine plays the role... And I'm not going to say better, although I, it is a personal opinion, I think mm-hmm. Michael Michael Caine kills the role of Scrooge in that movie. But he plays it so differently to Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So differently. Because Michael Caine, in a sense, plays the role very seriously. Yes. Like, he plays it as if it's a dramatic role. Well, that's what he said he was going to do. Yeah, yeah. And he said that to Brian Henson, the director of it, and he's like, good. Because basically, I think the more you, the more you don't acknowledge that like you're living in a world with mostly puppets, <laughs> then, you know, the more serious it comes off. Yeah, but, I mean, and even that, and I was reading on Facebook the other day as well, Everyone talking about this, like, oh, if you go on to Disney Plus, you'll get to see the movie with that, with that cut-out scene. Yeah. And I was, like, thinking to myself, yeah, you could do that, or you could, you know, watch the VHS, which has it anyway. Yes, but <laughs> most people don't have those, though. I know, it's just people talk about it as if some, like... Well, for many people who watch it, even from DVD or because I, when I used to watch it, it was either out with tapes or on television, like, like on Virgin, this is how far back we had Virgin, not Sky... Hey, head. there's no crime. We do you know what we had when I was growing up? We had an NTL box. I mean, we we went from basically we went from you know having the tape stuff using an actual tape to yeah. Virgin, then I think on its guy or whatever. I think we had Virgin. I think we did. But then, so I either watched it, we recorded it, or via DVD, and both versions never had the song. So that's why it was revolution similar to me. So like, I think it must have been somewhere between transition and re-releasing it on VHS yeah. to DVD that they cut it. I think there are even certain people who claim that when it was released, certain, certain international markets, when in cinemas, they never showed that in t- the song e- either. That's so unusual. Did they think it was too too depressing or too somber for the film? Or something? I imagine that's the reason. But then again, I think it's meant to be. Otherwise, as we said before, Riz, why Rizzo and Scrooge are suddenly crying after listening yeah. a listen to a minute back and forth between and, and two more, bad actors. More to the point, I, 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 I don't think they were bad actors in that scene. I thought that was a really good scene. The guy playing Scrooge always annoys me. I don't the know guy, why. Like, I'll grant you the guy playing young Scrooge is a little wooden. 
but he's not a bad actor. Mm. You know, he is he is a bit wooden, and you know, the girl is a little less emotion mm. emotional. You know what I mean? She seems to play it very emotionless. <laughs> you know, she's like, she's like Scrooge, ah, oh. and you're like, yeah, you're not you're not selling it to me, woman. No. You're not. I I can feel the emotion in it. <laughs> anyway, what was your point? Well, yeah, like the way Michael Caine plays it, like I say, it's very, very straight, very, very serious, mm. a lot of emotion. Whereas Kelsey Grammer, on the other hand, seems to play the role in a, in a sort of like sort of similar, but more light and more comical kind of way. Uh-huh. You know, like more set for a what this is a sickly sweet musical mm-hmm. kind of Scrooge. You know, okay. Yeah, the two completely different like takes on the role. You yeah, know? and I I agree with you. I love Michael Caine as Scrooge. I, when I think of Scrooge, I often think of his depiction mainly because that's the version I've seen more times. I remember in school getting to see the nine, I think it's in '99. Patrick Stewart playing Scrooge. Patrick Stewart is also excellent yeah. in the role of Scrooge without shock because you know he's he's of that of that elk, the <clears throat> serious dramatic actor with the gravitas to play such a role. Gravitas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. That's the word of the day, kids. Gravitas. <laughs> yeah, why are we talking about the Muppets Christmas Carol? Maybe because we're talking about a film we've already reviewed, but we'd much rather be talking about than the movie we're going to talk about here, because... Well, yeah, it's, it's it's not a bad film. No. I won't say it's a bad film, it's just... It's not a very good film. Yeah, I... Let's go, let's do a wee peek behind the curtain, shall we, because I messaged... Oh, well, just a quick thing I will say. Uh-huh. The guy in this one playing young Scrooge... Right. Is a better actor than the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. In the Michael Caine one. This is all Pete behind the curtain. I messaged Paul on Wednesday evening. We're recording this on a Friday. You did. I did. <laughs> he doesn't remember, but I'm going. I know. I might. I might have been sober, man. I messaged Paul on Wednesday evening. Say, I'm thirty minutes into this Christmas Carol musical. Is it too late to back out of this episode? To which I said, Is it a bit shite? I said, Shite. Shite is a strong word. So I wouldn't use shite. I also wouldn't use the word good either. Because it is a TV movie. It was a made-for-TV film. Was it? Indeed? Yes. Oh. Which may explain some is- some of those issues. When when uh, when did it come out? It came, this came out in 2004. This would have been one of the first things, if not the first thing, that Kelsey Armour would have done. Post-Frasier. Post, Post-Frasier. We've been talking about shows that they've done, stuff they've done in the past. Yeah, this, this could technically count as an eclectic... A festive eclectic escapade. This isn't a festive eclectic escapade. Say that three times fast. <laughs> this is a festive eclectic <laughs> escapade. But like, so like, because like in the past episodes of eclectic escapade, we've talked about them during their run in Fraser. Yeah, that's just the first post Fraser kind of project for a Fraser like cast member. And I know we said we were going to go one of the other people, other than Kelsey Grammer, David Hyde Pierce. But then I thought, well, it's Christmas. So why do an eclectic escapade? And, and perfect host, isn't he? Very Christmassy. No. And Jane Leaves isn't in Miracle on 34th Street enough to justify an episode. Yeah, because we're not going to do an episode on evil Daphne. <laughs> poor, no. poor Donnie. We're doing, we're doing, we've got season 7, 8 and 9 of, uh, Grr. of Fraser to do that. So I'm just trying to annoy Paul on that one. Grr indeed. Grr to you. I, I do not agree with that. That harpy. Well, this... This is a Christmas Carol musical that came out, a direct-to-TV film, in 2004. And I remember hearing about, oh, 
Chris Garn was an adaptation of Chris Garn. He's playing Scrooge. And all we know of Kelsey, you know, he has his theater background. We know, again, that word again, gravitas. And gravitas. And how he plays, you know, certain roles. I thought, it does feel like a role someone like Kelsey Grammer would Take be. a shot every time we say gravitas. gravitas. <laughs> Time's a <laughs> hunter. There you go. Get pissed. Well, he... Mm. Cracking one open there for what it means. He's encouraging, you know. For what next say, gravitas. <laughs> gravitas. Time's a hono. <laughs> Shut up. I don't think I have enough cider here. <clears throat> gravitas. But. So it does feel like something he'd be like really suited for. Like, oh, he should be bored oh, yeah, to play yeah, a role. Yeah. Like, Damn right. Strange. Well, once again, I go back to my initial point. Uh-huh. Like. Do you believe that that's the way Kelsey Grammer chose to play the role, or do you think that's the way he was directed to play the role? I don't or know. Do you think he was given like a rough idea of like, how he was supposed to go to it? I think he know? was given a rough idea of it. Maybe. Because I don't, I don't believe there's any doubt that had Kelsey been given the idea, like if we'd have said to Kelsey Grammer, do your take on uh-huh. Scrooge, I think Kelsey could have very easily played it just as well as Michael Caine. I don't think yeah, you're an actor like Kelsey. I want to play the role of Scrooge. If you're gonna usually tell him how you do, how you do the role like too much, like how you're gonna constrict him or control how he plays it. So yeah, I definitely but, think there was some input, quite a bit of input on how he should play it. But I think they did have some confidence in in Kelsey how yeah. he play it. But also, you're saying that this movie was done the same year Fraser finished, right? Yeah, you got to think Kelsey Garner's going into this role and thinking I've got to do it as un Fraser as. Yeah. Like, this has got to be a separate... Like, can he be, like, oh, look, there's Dr. Crane playing Scrooge? Yeah, yeah, Fraser has just ended one of the most popular sitcoms of that time. Hell yeah. So, you know, I think he's also... Yeah, when you know you've got a problem, he's on people's minds because he's on the show that's just finished. So, I get you get give some leeway, but I'll be honest with you, Paul, when I'm watching this, you know what my main issue was with his performance in this? Go on. I remember watching most of the, especially in the middle portion of it. I think midway through his time with Ghost Christmas Present through to the end of the film, mm-hmm. he's really good. But for most of like the early part of the film, wait, we're in about the time where I was, I would be messaging you. I was watching it thinking, I'm just he's not as kill, he's not quite as Kelsey Grammer as I want to be. He's not gone full Kelsey, no, maybe not full Kelsey, but he's not as much as Kelsey as you want him to be in a role like this. If that makes any sense. I kind of get what you mean. You mean for an actor of his quality, he's just not doing it for you. No. You know, he's he's not putting his... He's not putting his skill into it. He's not bringing what kind of... Makes, he's not bringing his A-game. Yeah. I didn't feel like he was bringing his... I mean, I'm not an actor. So No, you are not. Neither am I. So it feels bad, but like... There are certain things you, I look, I was expecting when hearing someone like Kelsey Grammer and the way he plays it sometimes uh, to play Scrooge and it was kind of missing, I thought. And maybe that was like he was trying to play it all well with Fraser, but like there are certain things when we've seen Fraser get angry, if he brought some of those to this role, it'd be a lot more... I'm not saying he should go fully over well, the top with look it. At the, look at the way it's played, right? Look at the way... And I'm going on it with a way like... It's embedded in my mind when I think Scrooge, I think Michael Caine, right? Yeah. I, that, that is what I grew up with. So for me, like that is the basis for all Michael, all Michael Caines, all Scrooges, yeah. right? 
Michael Caine plays it the way you would imagine he plays it as a very straight, yeah. very stern, very cold individual. Money and nothing else. Whereas Kelsey plays it as a cantankerous old man. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it's, it takes away the, it takes away the power of the character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, wait, but to ask you, Paul. What do you have a favorite uh, Christmas Carol, right, <laughs> edition or adaptation outside of the Muppets? Well, um, I did go on to YouTube, I believe, and. Don't quote me on this because I'll, I'll probably get the guy's name completely wrong. We could look it up afterwards yeah. to see if I'm right. But I believe the actor that played him was George C. Scott. Oh. And it was a really early one, like mm. 30s or something. Yeah, I, I don't know when. I think it's George or George something. With the, some, the words George and Scott are in there. I'll look with George C. Scotland probably. But I watched that one and his take on it was pretty good. I liked that one. I'm a big fan of it. It was it was played a lot like Michael Caine, like taking seriously, and George C. Scott was a really great actor too. So, but I really enjoyed that one. So, I've seen that one. I've seen the Muppet one. I haven't seen the Patrick Stewart one. I'd like to see that one. I I think maybe if I said to choose one other than the Muppets one, I'd say the Patrick Stewart one. Yeah, because it's like a really like you know, it's kind of the Ghost of Christmas yet to come. Oh yeah, it's yeah, to be, yeah. Right? yeah. That that fucking Grim Reaper cunt. Mm. Right, but like that one, the Muppets. See, when I was younger, that one freaked me out. There's this creepy scene where <laughs> where is with the Patricia one because like the middle of the street or whatever it is, like the middle of the street when the Ghost Christmas Present leaves and Patricia strikes you as a bell time and he starts running down the street, and then you see him stop. You only see how you hear him stopping, and then there's this figure in this black cloak is coming towards him. He just it's just, it freezes. The camera freezes on him for a few seconds. Just saying, oh, this, oh my god, shot me. And you see this black cloaked figure coming towards him with no face. Like, see, he's not quite as scary as the Muppets one, but it's still scary. I think it gets with the fact that I think in every ver- in majority of versions, the ghost of Christmas yet to come is meant to be the scariest one because I think it's the idea of people are a lot of people are scared of the future, afraid of not knowing what's coming. Yeah, I've got to say though, in, in this version we are covering. Oh, Jesus. I'm very disappointed with the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's one of the bits that the, this film let us down. I'm always looking for, whenever I watch a version of the Christmas Carol, out of the three ghosts, the one I'm most interested to see how, when I watch a new version of the Christmas Carol story, the one I'm most interested to see how this version portrays is always the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah. Because I always enjoy the Christmas Christmas present. I like I him and the puppets, obviously. But like, I always feel whenever you watch, no matter what version you watch, or I remember finally reading the book in primary school after watching a few after a few years of constantly watching the Muppets one. <laughs> I guess he is in that where you see just how faithfully a lot of the dialogue scenes are in Muppets to the actual book mm. itself, with some exceptions, obviously. But well, I don't think anybody goes meet meet meet. Like, no. like, no. I mean, there's certain things in the book, some scenes that are you don't see in the like a lot of stuff about Scrooge's sister is also absent from the yeah. Muppet version of that. <laughs> Let's go. We've taken up too much of Mister Scrooge's time. Me. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh dear. But, but like, I, I always feel that it's a ghost of Christmas present that leaves the biggest impact on Scrooge of the three ghosts. Aye, because he's he's all like. He's all cheery, but then he's like, I oh, everything's cool, but you, you're a cunt. Aye. You're a cunt. I think he really, like, I think it's because he, 
showcases just simply so hypocrite times he can be mm. and shows of like also like the people around him how they truly feel and everything even though the ghost of Christmas I know it should say future but I like saying ghost of Christmas yet to come that's how it's referred to the ghost of Christmas yet to come it sounds more <laughs> ominous yes <laughs> yeah the titles uh, yet to come to this film <laughs> anyway that grim reaper looking bastard nah. but oh no Bobby is Mr Sheevan <laughs> Oh no, look, I'm dead now. Oh, shit. <laughs> but it's still game for you, sir. But. So, like, even though it shows you his death, I can, like. I always feel like there's more. You can see a different change of Cruz's attitude after he sees that ghost. Aye. Aye. Because, like, he's willing. Because he's, like, he's, willing, he's more willing to go with this ghost of Christmas yet to come, even though he, it's the most scary one. And but because he's like he's kind of starting to get get the idea of what he's been told because you know he's still very dismissive after seeing Christmas past because the past is that he's had to go back to all these past really traumatic moments for him. Mm. And I remember watching a th- uh, a video the other day because I've started watching this series. I can't, I can't the guy's name Dominic something. He does this series called Lost in Adaptation. That I've been watching mm. where he basically compares books to how the films are adapted and what, how faithful they are, what shit they leave out and shit yeah. like that. And he started doing like, instead of an actual one for a Christmas card, because there's like so many versions of it, uh, he's doing like this kind of Oscars almost thing where he's comparing different versions and he's like, this, these, these, these four adaptations are good at doing this thing in terms of like faithfulness to certain dialogue or portrayal of this certain ghost yeah. and decides based on each categories which ones did what better. And then he, he he points out and he'll, he, stuff you really think about watching it. The fact that you see, like, oh, he lost the love of his life on Christmas. His business partner, his only friend, died on Christmas. Yeah. And everything. And, like, hmm. You get why the guy's got a problem with Christmas. You realise that. But then he also points out and goes, but it doesn't mean. But also doesn't excuse why he's such an arsehole the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> that was these. Just because just your bubble left you and your pal died. Mm. Do you know, the thing is, see parts of this. Um, yeah. Version yeah. with Kelsey. Those parts of it when I was sitting there thinking, like, and I never f- felt this on the Michael Caine one yeah. so much, but like, oh, he's got a right to be a prick. Yeah. Like, leave him be. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is why the, the supposedly positive ghosts and whatnot were all like saying, like, oh well, you don't get involved in nothing, you don't, you don't enjoy anything. Yeah. And I'm sitting there being a bit of a Bit of a somber shape myself at times. I'm like, right, well, so what if he doesn't like get involved in it all? Leave him be. Yeah. And I, it, it could be less of a prick, yeah. but leave him peace. I think it's the idea like you could treat people better, Aye. everything. So, like, there's a way you make money without being well, an arsehole. Be prick. I, mean, I know people who don't, who aren't the biggest fans of Christmas, but they're not arseholes the rest of the year. The, rest, the, the other elements of the year, they're perfectly lovely people. Just don't get, don't make them get involved in all the bloody holiday shit. So, so that adaptation video I was talking about, he was talking about how the misconception, one of those things where like, people like get lines wrong or whatever, like misremember certain lines. Like the most famous example is like people think it's the line in Star Wars is "Look, I am your father." When really says "No, look, comma I am your father." Like he pauses ah, between I know them. that. But like, and like there's a similar ones, but I can't quite remember all of them. Uh. I think like people think the Hollow Crisis and like Silence of the Lambs it isn't it's in Hannibal, the mm-hmm. film or that. But like it, it was in the sad where they pointed out like 
Drew technically doesn't always say bah humbug because that's almost become like, as he's upgrading the video, an unofficial catchphrase for him. He's always saying bah to like dismiss some people say, and he, calls, and he calls Christmas a humbug, but it's just the fact that he always says bah, followed by calling it a humbug. It's the fact that he so often says the words so close together that it's become almost an official, like, it's coming out a new phrase in itself. That's the thing, though, and I reference back to the Michael Caine version, mm-hmm. and, and I have a feeling we'll do that a lot during this. Sure. <laughs> you know. I'm annoyed that we've already reviewed that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're technically reviewing it again because we've not really said much about the one we're supposed to be reviewing We'll, we'll, so we'll get to it, we'll get to but it. But you talk about the humbug line, right? Yeah. You know, there's one scene in the in the Michael Caine one where he delivers that line that actually <laughs> gives you a bit of a chill. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the scene, but he just the camera closes up on his face and he just goes, "Humbug." I think, like, uh, I think it's the one uh, where he's better go to bed after he's been visited by the Marleys or whatever. Aye, aye. Also, that was a bit. That was a surprise to me. Like, also, a lot of virgins take their uh, take their own like liberties sometimes with that with uh, the adaptation and everything the story. A lot of versions of Chris Carroll often steal a lot of the core stuff that happens in the the book, right? But like discovering that it was only one Marley after being first introduced to the story of Christmas Carroll through Marley and Marley through the through the well, it's like it was a case of like oh, it would be great if we could have used a Stantler ward ward off as a it'll be a grouchy old man to play Marley. Well, like we've got two of them. Let's pretend for this version there's two Marleys, yeah, and they yeah. read the book like well, there was only one. All right then. No, only one. Hmm. But it was it was better with two of them. Yeah, it was better with two. I mean, you didn't have because, a song. Yeah, you can't have a song for one. Well, there's one in this. Yeah, but he didn't have a song. Yeah, so I'm just he did. He had one. He had a song in this. Oh yeah, he had a song. I actually it. think his song is one of the better songs of the movie. Yeah, I'm surprised by it, that. It gets swamped by the amount of fucking songs. Well, there's so many. And that's, and that's the thing about this. Like, I remember seeing it was a musical, and that's fair. But there's <coughs> there. But there's two types of musicals. Yeah, there's a well balanced version of musicals like, like say, the okay. Michael Caine version, or like most animated Disney films, like or Cabaret. Cabaret is a good one. Yeah, like there's two things musicals. There's one a movie that has a plot with songs neatly woven in through the movie to help progress that every like certain characters get their songs. Sometimes their characters' motivations is truly revealed through a song, and then there's what you mostly assess with like a. Usually, like a play kind of musical, which is often adapted to screen, and that someone's singing when they could easily say the thing they're singing. Yeah. Do you know what a, a musical I particularly dislike, and this may surprise you? Yeah. That fucking Johnny Depp one. I don't like that. That's a lot of shite. Alright, fair enough. I don't need to see Johnny Depp fucking singing, just act your cunt. <laughs> you do that well. It's like it's like a this new Joker movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a musical. As soon as I heard that, the first thing I said was, why? Why does it have to be a fucking musical? Lady Gaga, she can act. Yes, but she can also sing, so listen, a musical makes you do both. Yeah, but she didn't have to fucking sing an American Horror Story. She just looked all sexy like a vampire and ate people. Yes, but then they thought, what if the sexy vampire could also sing? But Why? Because why ruin a perfectly good movie with singing? I'm just saying. Yeah, I can't comment on the Joker one, but I thought this was going to be the the, the former of the two examples of singing. You thought it was going to be a well balanced, you know, dialogue song. No, dialogue this is, and a bit of song. No, this is a full on. There are full on scenes where there there's even scenes where 
someone is talking, and, and the other person is singing at back them. to them. And they keep the conversation going with one of them stop talking, the other singing. And they're like, okay, one of you is going to have to make your mind up. One of you is either going to have to stop singing, either you're going to have to stop singing, or you're going to have to join in. Because we've got to have that both ways. Preferably, just stop singing. <coughs> Sorry, you said it forever, like shit. Stop singing. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Although I think too much with the singing. I think it may make a lot more sense when you, when I found out this bit of information because the director of this film is a guy called Arthur Allen Seidelman. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of him. I think I looked at his IMDb. He's done quite a few TV movies, so makes sense why he was doing this. But Lynn Hearns was one of the writers on this, and Lynn Hearns had also worked on a music, a stage version, a stage musical version of A Christmas Carol. Did that also star Kelsey Grammer? I don't know. I don't think so. But I think it was a case of they loosely adapted what they'd done on stage to this. So basically, they're basically that try Okay, this is a variation of a, a TV movie being adapted from a from a stage play. Apparently, they had to edit down. Even they had to edit down the songs. This because the original stage one had like twenty two songs. Jesus Christ! I don't know how many songs there were in this, but there were a lot. Some of them aren't even full songs. That, no, that, that's that's a weird thing that annoyed me. It's like you say, it's just. People being sang at. People, no, it's a thing where people sing, a couple people join in, and then Scrooge is there, he doesn't like it, he leaves, and then the song ends, and like, and it, end, and it ends, and then maybe someone will mention that song again later on, but like, it's like, finish the fucking song. But even the songs that do actually get their end go on for far too long. Yes, they do, they do. Uh, so much singing. Yes, there is so much singing, which made it hard for me to make notes for this. Yeah, because you're probably sitting there going, right. Song, no song, song. no song. Oh, but I don't. No song. <laughs> For fuck's sake, how many songs? Stop with the singing. <laughs> I am going to kill everyone. <laughs> I must find the director of this movie to have a stern word with him about the singing. This is a TV movie, right? This had a budget of seventeen million dollars. <whistles> Small for most major productions, but like. Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen many TV movies, but I think I've seen a bit of a few, a bit of uh, what a TV movie kind of looks like. And so immediately when I saw the big wooden panel with a Christmas Carol logo on it and it transitions into the shot of Lon- shots of London and looking at the set they built here, I'm like, yep, I'm, de- I'm getting massive uh, TV movie vibes off of this. <laughs> also, uh, wasn't... What, are you saying it looked cheap? Ish. Also, I, I'd admit, I had a lot of inconsistent things about when this aired. We were in November, December, time with all four. One version I went, I saw, I'm just going to go with this one, saying it aired Christmas Day 2004, which would make sense. Yeah. Also, would you like to hear this review I randomly found for this? Oh, I would, yes. Brian Lowry of Variety <laughs> said, called this film the 37th best production of A Christmas Carol. The 37th best. And the third best musical version behind Al- Albert Finney and Scrooge and Mr. Magoo. And he also had positive opinions of the visual and special effects, but was very critical of the musical numbers. What did he think of Kelsey? He was, a bit, he was also a bit critical of Kelsey's What did he say to Kelsey? I don't know, but maybe, oh. he, maybe he had similar thoughts to what we did. Maybe he wasn't Kelsey enough for it. So he didn't like the film, he didn't like the singing, he didn't like Kelsey, did he like anything? He liked the effects, I think. Oh. And he said 60, also this is point, this is, uh, got a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. That's alright, isn't it? 
it's definitely the lowest rated thing I think we've we've, we've talked about it so far on the Clyde Escapades. Aye, aye, true. Uh, also, randomly won an Emmy for Outstanding Musical Direction. Oh, so it won a random Emmy but was mostly no bad. Aye. So somebody liked the music or the direction of music. Oh, I don't like the songs. I like how the songs were put together. So ah, you yeah. get an award. Here you go. You but, done. You done no bad. I mean, weirdly, I've seen one of the reviews I've seen like was saying the film looked cheap because of the way people were dressed. But like, they're dressed in period accurate costume for the Christmas Carol, which was born, which was created like the early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, I believe. And that was top quality gear for one. No. It was basically very Victorian-esque, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 I, I liked Kelsey's hat. Yes. <laughs> he, had a, he had a nice top hat. He did have a nice top hat and a lovely head of hair. More than Fraser had, anyway. I know. What? Again, something I'm going to bring up now because I might bring it up later on. The fact that Scrooge had a ponytail? Well, no, the fact that something I want to get out here. The accents in this movie. Kelsey Grammer doesn't have an accent. He is just he Kelsey Grammer. Like Kelsey Grammer. He's one of the, a rare breed of American actors who's Posh enough to sound to go between English and American enough. Well, oh, isn't he like an old Etonian or some kind of thing, a Boston, or some kind I of thing? I think so. But he has, a, he has that Boston accent. Everyone else in this movie, some of the, quite a few noble actors I know, I know aren't English, and some of them were good, some of them had bad accents. Yeah. Everyone else in this movie, who I couldn't tell if they were English or not because I don't know enough about any of these people. But, like, there are so many people with accents that are fucking hated. <laughs> that that very much stereotypical American, what they think of this period of London. So fucking Dick Van Dyke levels of English accent. Is there any particular ones you want to point out to me? The children. A lot, there's lots of children running around. Children with cunts. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm I not as down on child acting as, uh, as anybody else. I think it goes by a film-by-film basis because some are better than others. This film was a strike against child acting yes. overall. I mean, do you know who's like? <coughs> do you know who's a great child actor? And I've seen him brought up on Facebook today in one of my many pages I follow. Who's that? That actor who played the kid in Dick Tracy. Hmm. He was a good kid actor. And the the kid actors who I knew know one of was River Phoenix and Stand by Me. They yes. were good kid actors. Yeah, that's yeah. a good movie, like. Well, Wheaton was one of the other kids that stand by me. <laughs> well, Wheaton. Wheaton. Uh, I can't remember who the other two were. You'll have nothing in like it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that, they're very... T- I don't, it's, it's annoying enough of an accent, I can't be arsed doing an impression of it to, to, to let you know how much I hate it. Oi, governor. That, that one, oh. Clean your chimney for you, all that. Oh, what? Clean your chimney for you, governor. Got a ceiling, fill up all that. <laughs> You're like, shut up. Right. It's weird how much I, I hate those kind of accents. Because they feel so put on. But, right. I, but I, I'm the person who, every time we talk about them, tries to quote, do, to make the British Bulldog, who's from Manchester, sound like a Yorkshireman. You do, you do. You make him sound I think, like Because I think been, it's funny. You make him sound like he's been down mines. Down mines? Yes. Just come back from bits. Gotta wrestle Britta at the main event, but I fucking forgot everything. <laughs> it make him sound like both select him, LB. <laughs> Buy my new book. <coughs> you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> fucking choking you, make me laugh. Like, Jesus. 
Please, sir, bastard! Owen, Owen, you bastard! You threw me out of rumble! <laughs> Please, sir, bastard! DX, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the police are bastards, yeah. There's a thing on that called the like, Raw podcast, another one where their impression of damage is to go, oh! There's a bit, and they were talking, one of the things they were talking about, I was sitting in work listening to the one of the podcast, trying not to piss myself laughing, but it started doing this thing we did with British Bulldog because he was in a Burger King advert one time. Was he? Aye. He was on Games Master one time. Aye, he was. But, uh, back to you again, Master. <laughs> Anyway, he kind of got him well. Right. But uh, but he doesn't sound like a Manchester kind of person. When you think of the Mancunian accent, you don't think of what he sounds like. They made it. They made up this fictional world in their own heads where he's the franchisee of various different restaurants or businesses with the word <laughs> king in them, like stuffing king. They're like, where like, oh, you can go and get your full Sunday rolls, or you can go to these different restaurants owned by the British Bulldog. Like, if you want to play it, you gotta go to play it, King. You take that to Stuffing King, then you go to Beef King, you get your beef on there. Potato King, you get your mash on there. If you want to play, you gotta go to Till King on the other side of the road. Yeah, you bastards. Why is <sighs> why is, why they got to ignore money? Because no bastards coming to Till King. You gotta pay in shop. Yeah, bastards, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, scary <laughs> spice. <Ugh>. Bastards. <laughs> anyway, back to the, the film. Which is this is how much we enjoy this version. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. <laughs> Scrooge, we're going to just because uh, the first song in the movie is basically, I can sum up in a few words. Oh, fuck. Back to the review. Yes. You <laughs> sound like Eddie during one of those live bumps. There's a plot. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> anyway, so uh, there's a thing. It's in the the Royal Exchange, apparently. Cool. And basically, this first song I can hear, the guy says, "The Royal Exchange closes for Christmas in almost in thirty minutes." I, I refer to this man as not Robbie Coltrane because he looked a little bit like Robbie Coltrane, but you know it's not Robbie Coltrane. We fat shouty man. Yes. The, no. Almost beef eater like kind of. Who seems to be doing the I'll talk out the side of my face speech. You know, he's giving it the whole <laughs> and so on and so forth. It's so fun. But yeah, it's like the Royal Exchange closes for Christmas in 30 minutes. I was listening to this one, basically, I'd be like, isn't it jolly good that it's almost Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, basically, that's it. <laughs> what fun, what food. Hello, gentlemen, what oh, Christmas. Ha ha. Ha ha. And pip pip. And such. Literally, literally. I think the song is so lazy. There's even a bit in it where they just say, everybody sing, fa la 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 Whenever a song aye. includes the words fa la or T-D-D or just la-la or any score words, like, are you, are, you lazy? are you that lazy you can't come up with other words to fit the rhyme of the song? No. So you're literally going to say the word la-la-la. We are going to sing joyous noises because they don't know words. Hmm. And then call everyone bastards. <laughs> but... Oh, the funny boss. <laughs> Ding dong, middle and double. Can you can you start? I don't right. want to be talking about this anymore. I'm right, right, out right, right. Go go go. And so this guy could inject a bit of humour into it, man. Christ, I know. But we've been talking about this for too long. We're thirty-five minutes in. We've not even Scrooge hasn't even said a line yet. Humbug. <laughs> 
Like, he has to grab my version of Scrooge, he hasn't even said a line yet. Bah! <laughs> I, Bob Cratchit, I am wounded! <laughs> right, come uh, on, get on with the script, man. There's a script? <laughs> anyway, sorry. So this guy comes in with his daughter, looking for Mr. Scrooge, like, don't worry, sure he'll be sympathetic to our plight, and then he's like, this man's looking for a sympathetic Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> Bully no, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> that was all I was missing. And then in comes... He's always, he's always crouched over. I know, that was the thing, right? Once again, back to the Michael Caine version, but you see Michael Caine, his first presence on screen. A rigid, scary-looking... Mm-hmm. Like... He looks like he might eat you with his evil mm-hmm. kind of guy. Whereas... Kelsey's first appearance on screen. Right away, you think crotchety old guy because yeah. he comes out kind of stooped and he's like, right, that kind of way. May as well, may as well be he's one step away in this film for going, you kids, get off my lawn. Yeah, he's shaking his cane at them, going, get off my property. Ah, he's all crotchety. Like, the minute he comes out, you're like, hey, this man has no screen presence. Yeah. But. That just hit me there. That's the very thing that Kelsey's missing. He's missing presence. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the minute Michael Caine walks on the screen, you go, ooh, fuck. Yeah. And, you know, and, Fried, and, and he, like, he always has a cane, this screw, in most versions at least. But he not have to be hunched over using his cane. Either. No, Michael Caine is using his cane for... Michael oomph. Caine using his cane. Yeah, but in, the, in the, his version, he, he's walking with the cane like, mm, like... If you dare talk to me, I will strike you with this thing. Sorry, just made me this. Wait a minute, there was no Kane and Michael Kane. And Citizen Kane. Okay, I know Bamty and Music. Oh. Ha ha ha. No. <laughs> I'm altering the words for the thing we were talking about for comedic purposes. That was hilarious. Yes, fucking clearly. Oh, well, it was. So it fell so far over your head, nearly knocked your head off. Ha <laughs> ha. It's gone. And now it's on the floor. Don't put it on the carpet. Carpet but, doesn't need a hat. And neither do you. Dude, it keeps my brain in it. See what this film has done? Thank you. Yeah, he comes in. Cratchit, come on. And Cratchit's always he's like, sneeze. Everybody sneeze, is a penny lost. <laughs> and he's like, Mr. Scrooge, Mr. Smash. And do you know, notice right away he does an uncharacteristically. <laughs> thing he goes Ratchet every sneeze is a penny lost yeah. and then gives him his gloves <laughs> he's like fucking ah, I can't be asked for you he's like fix that cold yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like trust these he's angry that they're closed like trust these fools to close before a man can finish his work mm-hmm. uh, he'll be wanting tomorrow off I suppose mm. <laughs> like how selfish of you and then, and then he starts singing at me just one day well uh, that's a bit later on but first he's saying to this guy come up Mr Smith like he's basically needs more time to pay his mortgage because his wife is sick because they've not got a lot of money no his wife's dead oh she did I thought she was no, sick she was dead oh, yeah, she he needs time off for the funeral her money, money for the funeral, funeral some yeah. Yeah. and then he's like <clears throat> she's all sick she's dead yeah. oh, well fuck. she was sick and now she's dead Aye. ooh fuck ooh fuck stuck up with me now I've got no money to pay Mr Scrooge Ooh, fuck. And then he basically like, no, your, your rent is due on the 25th of the month. You cannot pay. I'm sure the law will find a way. But I, I spent my money on the 25th with interest. Mm. And then the last day, 
Crazy makes me laugh, but it's twice if it's Christmas, sir. You'll find as you get right up in his face because at Christmas is a humbug. I thought the last year was an asshole. I don't know like Mo- Most of the kids in this film are assholes. But like, then people start singing, right? I know. But then they're very, <laughs> the people are dicks to these people who have just been shouted at by Scrooge and have no money. Because then they're going like, they're basically singing, thank God our prophets have been so good, so we don't have to work for mean old Mr. Scrooge. Yeah. And then, these the women like, ah, oh, damn, I love it. He's like that. Oh, yeah, like, how does that help me who has no money to pay this arsehole? Aye. You people are all arseholes. You people are all arseholes. I need money and you cunts are just going to sing at me. Aye, sing around. Oh, isn't it wonderful? It's Christmas now. Like, no wonder for us. We've got no money. We might lose our house because we can't pay him. Can you, can you pay him? We might lose our house. My wife's dead. And you are singing it as <laughs> cunts. Cunts are lot of And so, this is this is one of the examples I'm talking about in terms of, like, people singing and one person talking. Because, then, like you said, you reference there, Gadget's singing while Scrooge just talks because he's asking, you know, for his day off and everything. Mm. And this is one of the examples where, like, these, there are times where, like, people will sing dialogue that's in the film that's in the book and everything so like they're saying accurate dialogue but they're singing it rather than speaking it like people but then Kelsey's not singing right but he, well, something he says gets scratched it's not singing which actually got a bit of a chuckle at me he goes people think oh I'm going to be 20th of December he starts scratching it singing and he goes playing at your sleeve singing in your ear and then Cratchit goes oh sorry sir as if he's basically in film can mm. don't stop singing at me like shut it and then Scrooge to start singing himself, and then this 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 next little bit, he, he does t- he is very obviously as they say, as is people to the story. Mm. It tells him he can have Christmas off, uh, and but then he also says, "Be here all the other When he also pays him early so he can go and buy his Christmas dinner with with Tiny Tim and everything. So he like like fine, I'll relent. I'll give you that day. I'll give you your pay. Go have your day. Uh, but then this next wee bit. It does. F- oh, we should also mention the, like I said, the bits of people singing dialogue from the movie, or from the book, sorry. Aye. Well, it's like the bit in, the bit in the rock scene before Dilly, where you had the charity bit where the guys, like, the guys were singing at him and he goes, How much will we put you down for? And we expected, we expected to get money for singing at him. Aye. I would have fucking punched him. Mm. Sing at me for your charity, you rats. So. Yeah, that scene, and then obviously he's outside. This next all bit of the movie, there's a good at least ten minutes this goes on for. I at know, least. I know. It's basically it just seems to be a series of people singing. Scrooge, Scrooge goes places around <laughs> people London. People sing at him. Scrooge goes places just so we can go to the next song. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. People singing in the street, and then he walk he walks along. He's all yeah, and then he meets his other friend who sings a bit. And then they go into Scrooge's work. They have a bit of the conversation that they they have in the book about, oh, why are you so happy? Like, oh, because I'm an idiot for being in love or having, having a yeah, wife. And then, like, he still insists on asking him to come to his dinner. And then, he, and then Scrooge walks out, people are singing again. So, you know, where's, where's one for Michael Caine? Where's and Celia playing his nephew and that? Yeah. Better actor than the guy playing it in this version. Hmm. I like the guy who played his nephew in the 92 version. That's that. That guy went on to be a really creepy... Corrupt cop in the first series of Luther years later. That show with Edris Elba. Did he? Yes, he did. Well, fuck me, I didn't know it. That's cool. Yes, he did. What's uh, the actor's name? I can't you remember know? his name. I know he's in the first series. I don't think he. 
Because, spoiler, I think Luther may have shot him by the end of it. <laughs> spoiler, I think he was shot. But then you, when you do watch it, you see what he does, you think, like, yes, he probably deserved to get shot. Well, I, I must admit, I've never actually seen Luther. Hmm. So then he goes outside, people are singing. Also, there's this really creepy child. What one? What one? She's dressed all in black, I think. Because, uh, like, there's a funeral, and she starts singing a song, which we then later learn on has a bit of significance. But she basically stares right at him and basically singing about the stars will show us man's capacity for, like, kindness and Oh, I like that fucking wee creepy bit. That one. Oh, I like that one. I mean, to. But we're all shites in that movie, though. And then Scrooge basically. It'd be better if we were Muppets. Scrooge keeps telling people to leave my alone, like, this has nothing to do with me. That's a, that he sings a song about himself. <coughs> He's saying, why would people let me be? It has nothing to do with me. Exactly. And then he has this weird interaction where like, I, knew, I looked up who was playing who in, oh, in the film. So, like, he has this weird interaction where the three ghosts to actually visit him. In life? In life, before they actually visit him. Yeah. Like, the ghosts. Well, that's what we assume. We could have just. The ghosts themselves could have just been representations of their people. Well, I thought that as well. Like, are they, were they just representations? Because he sees them again later on in the film after yeah. he's been visited. But then the way they kind of look at each other and walk away, you think, no, they're actually the ghosts. Makes mm, me think I that. suppose, I suppose. You know, one ghost try to give them a ticket to some show. Or, like, try to get him to come to some, like, a theatre event. Look, he has. I know he's American. He has a good English accent. The woman who goes on to be Christmas past, who's trying to clean the, the lamppost. Horrible English accent. Oh, shite English accent. <laughs> she, looked, she didn't look well in Ireland. No. She, looked, she, looked, she looked emaciated. So, Rude eventually comes home. He has that brief thing where he thinks he sees Marley's face in the, the door. That bit, that bit in the 92 version was better, too, because that meant. That, but first thing I see it made me shite myself. Ooh. Uh, oh, get the fuck. I was, I was like, get the <laughs> creepy doorknob bastard, you. Also, oh, there's a scene where Cratchit gets to, he tells he puts some on his shoulders and he, they go and buy their chicken, right? And also, they need to be careful how big a chicken they get because they've, they've not got a lot of money. Uh, That's the whole point of the Bob Cratchit thing where, like, Basically, they sing a song here. I think I'm doing a scene where, where, uh, where Scrooge sees them, but also they don't know he's there because they're the ghost. Basically, their theme is it. it really, they're really singing about the main purpose they have in the story. In that, I'm, I'm glad you watched that because I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. A lot of the time, I skipped the singing because I couldn't be asked with it. I paid attention to the story and skipped as much of the singing as I could. I skipped. See that whole fucking Christmas present, but. With a fucking can can dancing. Oh yeah. Skipped that whole bit. I, I stayed for the, the words. Skipped all that dancing pressure. I was like, nah, I've got to put up with the fucking songs. I'm not putting up with the dancing day. Mm-hmm. Nah, wasn't he having that shit? Done ranting. Yeah. Just that, that, that bit particularly annoyed me. I was like, what? Wait, what year? We're not allowed to skip things. Well, I had to skip with dancing. Wait, where did I had to sit through it. Why do you get to skip through shit? <laughs> I would skip through a lot of shit if I had. Well, because it had no relevance to the story. We decide that when we get to the review. There was no relevance for the story. It was just bloody dancing for the sake of dancing. <laughs> I have my rights. 
I don't no, have to don't. sit there. I don't have to sit there and watch you're fucking agree, You're going to be on the show. You have no more rights. Damn it. I will not be subjected to pointless dancing. No, shut up and wear your hat. No. Don't want to. But basically, the, the whole thing with the Cratches was like they're meant to embody the idea of those people. Not even if you don't have a lot, there's nothing that says you can't enjoy what you do have. Yeah, and what and you can't enjoy Christmas, and that's been a thing there. But it, it did feel so much like they were singing about it, and both both times you see them, the family, and it, so it did feel like this idea, like this is what the idea is, of like we'll not we'll not just let you touch that for yourself, but sing it out, just throw it in your face. Yeah, but there's a clip from that show, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, where it says, "I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards." Yeah. I've seen that. I always see that going around Twitter whenever something happens, like wrestling or entertainment that's not subtle at all, and somebody you always make, puts that clip out there. I have that on DVD somewhere in this house, you know, <laughs> Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Mm. I was quite fond of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was unusual. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, they buy a chicken, not a big one, but like, I think that's maybe it's maybe the point. Like, I don't think it's really fully emphasized in the Muppet version. But like there are other versions, like especially the, the ninety nine one with Patrick Stewart, where I think the whole thing is like it's meant to be kind of this like kind of sad moment where you see what their their Christmas feast is, and it's like this tiny fucking thing. Like the like, I think where that's turkey or goose or chicken, whatever. It's like this tiny thing they play amongst us, like five of them at least. <laughs> and like then again, the idea like they all get a slice, because like because like Scrooge is basically like what a meager feast, but then. No point in yeah, but they still appreciate what they what they have, and like no, no, no. you can only afford this because this is how much cra- a little cratchit is paid by by Scrooge. Yeah, see the thing is right. Regardless of the version of the movie, the message in it is always really sweet. Yes, you know, and really, really heartfelt, and it's a good message to you know take on. Yeah, you know, all like the whole. You know, doesn't matter what you've got as long as you spend it with the people you care for. It's exactly. it's what it matters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's just sometimes the way the message is portrayed sometimes can be questionable. You know, and not in any kind of weird way around it. It's just like my major takeaway, like overall from the film, mm-hmm. I just thought it was just a little too sickly for me. <laughs> you know. And I'm not even saying that because of the fact it was a mu- like a yeah. bit of an extreme musical. Just overall with the film, it's just a little too mm-hmm. sickly for me. A little too like, for God's sake, yeah. do you need to sing all the sweet saucy pish every two seconds? Just you know, put a little grit into it, man. You know, but like it felt like they were running out of ideas for oh, themes of songs. Like, it really did. Like the songs seemed to take on minds of their own at, at times. You know, like, it's, 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 <sighs> the whole theme is Christmas. Be happy that it's Christmas. Enjoy it being with people at Christmas. And be or gen- we'll sing it, yeah, bastard. Or like be generous about it, because like, yeah, the, like the Chris goes to prison has a song about that which you'd expect, because like he's <laughs> ready to show Scrooge what he's missing out on with the party <laughs> and the stuff with his friends and everything, and then what the graduates are doing. But then everybody, what well, when other people are doing it, it really dilutes that. It really does. It really does. Oh. but let's get to one of the better songs in the movie because because he comes in, and he's. His, his maid or housekeeper dismisses him saying that he saw Marley's face and yeah. he's like oh I'll bring you a slice of turkey and a bit of Christmas pudding uh, tomorrow like don't waste my time don't waste my money or your time yeah like don't waste my money or your time <laughs> and he, he calls me he calls me stupid stupid <laughs> and then 
Let's see if I can go over there. He's sitting there. Oh, he's like, it's like, why is he eating such shit? And I know, you know, it's a different era, it's maybe setting, but like. Well, it's because he's a miserly bastard. I know, like, to spend money. It's a case like he's always meant to be an older man, right? And he, and he makes a point in this where especially about he's saving his coins for a rainy day. Like, surely you're old enough that you can start spending a bit of money, at least on your silly. I get it, you get your point, he doesn't want to spend it on other people, which he does by the end. But like, at least spend on your fucking cell. Like he's clearly, like, he's clearly shivering. He can't afford to put the fire on. Well, that's true to the story though, because if somebody's that fucking miserly, they won't even spend on their cell. They will hold money like it's going out of fucking fashion. Mm. You know, like it is nowadays. <laughs> yeah. I where's, a, where's, a little, where's a little bit of serious social commentary for you? In this room, in this show. Well, we needed to cut the sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sweet little song singing. Life is pain, you have no money. <laughs> uh, Let's sing a fucking song about it. I really hope this is coming on Christmas Eve now, just for that. You have no money, you have nothing left. Happy no, Christmas. There is no hope. Merry New Year. No job, no hope, no relationship. You can talk to something about me. I was talking about you. <laughs> yes, you listening. <laughs> You're all doomed. Doomed. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's a possible he went too far. A little Sorry. bit, maybe. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think all of our listeners have just killed themselves. Hello, darkness, my old friends. <laughs> we'll probably need to cut this, but it's, t- it's too morose. Oh, fuck it. Let's keep... I'm, I'm keeping everything in. <laughs> Good old. Good old. Some- Man, come on. I've tried so hard. Another one, Lambrini, I'm shouting out to you. You want to sponsor Let it go, Paul. Come on, man. You never know. One day, one of them may bite. They're not gonna. But anyway. I mean, they've already lost their advertising. I remember their last advertising campaign. Lambrini girls just want to have fun. Mm. I remember the advert, there was three chicks and a gay guy on a bus. Well, why the fuck are you drinking Lamprino on a bus? Well, I don't know, because it gets you kind of toasted before you get to the club, you know. Well, you drink it in a house, then go to the club. Not on a bus, in a car, or a taxi. That's not true. When we were when we were young people, we used to drink it anywhere we fancied drinking it. Because we were, we were rebellious and shit, you know. Why are we talking about Lamprino and advertising? Trying to get them to bite. <laughs> anyway, so then we get to see Jacob Marley. Hey, he's a shade Jacob Marley. Uh, I, I still think this is one of the better scenes in this film. It doesn't say it a lot for the it film. It is a better scene in the film, I will grant you. But, like, I'll legit... I'll, I'll go... I'll, when I was reading up about this film, when I saw Jason Alexander plays uh, Bob Mar- Jacob Marley... Bob Marley? Oh, oh, almost said Bob Marley. <laughs> well, it's because in the Muppets version, it's Robert Marley, so technically one of them is called Bob Marley. I know. I'd be a kind of fucked up verse of the film with Bob Marley and Kelsey Grammer. I'd watch it. <laughs> even, though, even though Bob Marley, I think, was long dead by this point. He was. But anyway, it's Jason Alexander, best known for his role in Seinfeld as George Costanza. What was George? Yes. Holy shit! I thought you said you never watched the same film. I, I've started watching it, I'm like, like halfway yeah, through the second season. Like, I'm, I'm on my second when you watch I'm on like season six. That was fucking George! Aye. Little like neurotic Jewish George. I was like, watching seeing him as George, thinking like, I can't watch Take Him Seriously as Jacob Marley, one of the most serious moments in the film. Yeah. Like, it's basically like, we've got George 
going and going into business with fucking Fraser. You imagine that fucking crossover? No, <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> Both great shows on their own merit. Don't you dare fucking mesh them. I'll kill you if you do. It'll ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the deal with the crossovers? <laughs> Did you like that one? I like that. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Don't want to dump, 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 bum. My brother got me a Kramer Funko for my birthday earlier this year. That's cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Kramer. Yeah. But anyway, so he, he's here as. as oh, nice. So I was like, I'll not be able to take that seriously. <laughs> And then I like to like this, like this because like you don't recognize me. But like even some of the most prominent scenes, I didn't like who Kelsey learned like ah when he did the whole gravy of a gr- more gravy than a grave about you. I know. See what something that missing was... from his delivery. So Marley, played by just Alexander, you know, is doing the typical thing I where he's not believe was George man. <laughs> and like I, I can't believe it. Is that decaf? <laughs> Scrooge, you know you're living in a society. <laughs> the I don't think this will get this one yet. This point here is like I think the Seinfeld fans will get this one. He was so pathetically bald. People, the Seinfeld fans will get. This. I don't think you'll get it at this point anyway. Scrooge, you're killing independent Scrooge. You're doomed to walk the earth with these chains. These goddamn chains, Jim. <laughs> What's the deal with being visited by three ghosts? You mean you got the ghosts, the present, the past, the future? What's the deal with the ghosts? But... I did a good Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I actually think his song, the Link by Link, talking about chains and everything, yeah. it's actually one of the better songs in the movie, which surprised me. Yes, because it's not very long. <sighs> I don't know, I know, but then there's like he's got all like these got these other ghosts around showing them like what's the white future holds like, like all these business partners. Where uh, did all uh, these fuckers come from? But like, I like the idea like these are these associated people who did business, these people who believe in the same business practices and like making money above all else that he did, and like look where they've all ended up like must <sighs> change Scrooge and all that, and basically scaring the shit out of them. I just I'm sorry to cut in here, Scott. Sure, I'm sure. just curious I, when we get to the end of this, which shouldn't be too long. I mean it's. A, it's not our favourite version, but it's a good version, I'll grant you. Not great, but good. But when we get to the end of this, how, are you, how is your sense of rating going? Are you rating the movie as a whole, or are, you, are we rating Kelsey's particular performance as Scrooge? Or are we doing a double? I don't think we've ever really rated the performance before on a on the side of so I'm just going to rate the movie overall. But I think okay. Kelsey's performance. Well, some I think other we'll per- have a caveat for that one. I think some of I think Kelsey's performance will play a factor in how I read it, as much as everybody else's performances. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! So then we have the first ghost who appears, the ghost ghost, and it was the female who was. She was the blood fixing the lamp, right? Yes, and then well, emaciated blood. To, to which she said that she basically this job was no job for a woman. Is this the cast you're looking up here? Yes, I had her name here, but it's hard. I can't pronounce. I don't know if I can pronounce her name. Uh, is Jane. it Jane, Kra- Jane Krakowski? Yes, I'm also aware she was in that show Thirty Rock, but Tina Fey starred in. And also, she indeed, and uh, Alec Baldwin is in it as well. Is he the one that's in a little bit of troubley trouble for shooting that woman just now? Yes. Ah. Well, like also, I think uh, Tracy Jordan in it as well. 
and basically, she, basically, it's a bit. It's a TV show. He's about, that black dude that thinks he's funny, right? Yeah, I have to narrow that one down. He's not as funny as like, like say, like, like Chris Rock or something. Yeah, but Jason Morgan's in it, and he's like. Basically, it's a bit of a TV show about a group of writers led by TFA writing a TV show on the new boss of NBC played by Alec Baldwin. And, yeah, I, I know, I know uh, the general gist uh, of that. Basically, her role in that is basically she's a prima donna act, actor who's been on the show for ages and always insecure that she's not the most popular and most <laughs> when getting all the attention. One of my favorite Alec Baldwin moments is in like mm-hmm. he keeps talking, keeps bothering Tina Fey's character while she's trying to do other shit about a speech he's got to coming up in an event. And then the final thing she comes up, she's Australia, he's in his tux, and he's talking about his speech. God, if only this is a, it's a good line. If only this event were tonight. It's not tonight? No. When is it? February. And why are you in a tux? It's after six. When am I, a farmer? <laughs> Nathan Lane, we talked about him before. He pops up in an episode of Thyroid Guys, Alec Baldwin's brother. Is he funny? Yeah. Is he Nathan Lane? He's better than better than that than he is in Fraser, I'll say that. <sighs> I, I, I must say, I'm so happy we got past that episode without me venting too much. Did I vent a lot on that episode? I can't remember, that's fucking ages ago. Yeah, that was season two. Yes, season two. I, I have a feeling I vented quite quite a bit on that episode because I really, like... And I know we're cutting in, but we do ramble, so... Hey, you know. But that particular episode, do you know what annoyed me so much? Uh-huh. It's a lot to do with the fact of how much I like Nathan Lane as an actor. And in that episode, it disappointed me so much. Like, firstly, the episode was crap. Let's be honest, that I would go as far as to say that is probably to date in the run of our reviews. The worst episode we have reviewed. Strong claim. That is my ultimate claim on that episode. It is the worst one you ever read. I really, really hate that episode. I hate the episode, I hate the premise, and I really hate Nathan Lane's acting in it. Fair but there you go, that is my one my one serious moment in this particular show. I my my disdain for that episode. Yeah, so Jane Kirk surname I can't pronounce the key. Jane Kirkowski. Yes, there you go. That one. <laughs> You're welcome. If I have to say her name, her name again, I'll just point to you. You can say it for me. Say Jane. Jane. Krakowski. Right, I'll, I'll do it. Jane. Krakowski. There you go. So One more. Jane. Krakowski. There you go. Say her name three times in the mirror. She will appear. Oh, shit. Where, <laughs> where did she come from? And go, hey, I need a job. We can't have one here. We're too full. It's bad enough when two people ramble. If you ramble, Jesus. Having to say... Krakowski every two seconds uh, with the amount he drinks Christ Scott, Paul and Jane rambling podcast <coughs> God, that'll take up so much room that well, I barely any room for the title the Krakowski conundrum look <laughs> <laughs> at this Krakowski ramble there you go ah uh, hell so she's appeared she's a ghost of Christmas past yeah she oh we're back fuck yeah she, she shows in this book what kind of represents his past and everything, which I, I thought was actually a good idea. Yeah, there's good, good ideas good in this movie. Oh, lots of good ideas. Yeah, the execution is a bit meh. The execution was very questionable. I mean, and you talk about the guy that plays, like, uh, 
sort of like early 20s Scrooge, I would yes. say, right? Scrooge with the fiancé and whatnot. Yeah. I'm, I was not so impressed with, with Kid Scrooge, I ought to be yeah. honest with you. Kid Scrooge was just a little... His acting wasn't bad. No. I wouldn't say it was bad, it was just a little meh. You know? Yeah. little meh. And the whole thing, like... I don't, I don't know if it's like... I honestly don't know. I think it's a strong possibility that my my opinion on the movie is sort of glossed over by my my sort of allegiance to the to the ninety two yeah. version. But I really did try to like watch it with independent thought. You know what I mean? In the sense of like, don't don't watch it thinking of the Michael Caine version. Just yeah. watch it independently in your mind. And I still. Thought the young kids acting was really kinda yeah meh you know okay okay and so like we could see a thing I don't think it's even in the book whereas so this is kind of them taking their own cool life you know the, the Muller thing the the thing with his dad going to jail yeah for yeah six years I think six years or I think he gets sentenced to because he didn't properly pay his bill or whatever yeah and then he, like, he, that is a complete that is a complete step away from the way the story is portrayed but like, they they insert that to basically explain why. Which is the way it is with money, basically, to make your fortune and save it, save every penny and everything. Mm. If that's what, if you were about to go to jail, even in that period, if you had advice or something to tell your your son, it'd, it'd be more so take care of your mother and or give some advice. It make sure you doesn't get arrested. Don't say, oh, make a lot of money, don't spend it or anything. Right, make money and be a miserly prick, because that that'll see you well in the world. And then we find out. His mum tries to reassure the sister and everything that everything will be fine. You know, it's not going to be. And then she starts singing the same song that Lassie was singing earlier on. Everyone, <laughs> and like, and so he realised why Scrooge had that pause when she's you know, singing because mm. it reminds him of his mum. His and, ma. And then unfortunately, his mum passed away. He and his sister are separated. He goes to work in some workhouse, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And he's working. He's writing her a letter and everything. And then we gets even funny that they throw so much sadness on you. Oh, I know. It's such I know. a close period day because then we find out that he's writing his sister. He's been there for like six months or whatever, and he's saying how much he looks forward to seeing her again. And then he finds out no, so a few years later she got pregnant and then died. I gave birth to Fred. Which then explains why he why he's so so resentful towards Fred. And why he still like standoffs and left behind him because he thinks to be his sister and whatever. But like it's just so much sadness. I know, I know, and it's it's this is the one part of the film that is it is like what you're looking for. It is pretty serious, but it's just too serious. It's too like. Oh Christ! His his dad went to jail, and his ma's died, and his sister died, and I, I think the point of this is meant to be when he sees his past moments, the ghost Christmas past, because Christmas past, but it's always the saddest. But I think even but, though even though the future one has like the death of Timmy, yeah, Timmy yeah. and his death, this is the saddest one. I think it's because it's the idea that it's not Christmas. He tries to show me it's not Christmas. He hates it's this thing that happened to have happened them. That Christmas that he needs to try and move past. See, from. That's, that's the thing that made me kind of on his side more because I was like, you know, like Christmas has completely traumatized this guy, and you're trying to force him to like it. Well, I think <laughs> it just it just so happens these things that happened on Christmas and like like showing you the past. This is why you hate Christmas. Like even though he probably already knows so well, and <laughs> like, the ghost has to remind him, like in every version, like like it's not my fault. Like these are just shadows of things that have already happened. Yeah. So, yeah. 
they are what they are, they cannot be changed. So. It just it seems at times that the whole like trying to show him like the error of his ways is and such as such is just it seems that they're being a little harsh at times. Mm. You know? Because he suffered all this horrible life trauma at this particular period of time in Christmas, so it's obvious why Christmas is such a fucking bugaboo for him. Yeah, yeah. And the one as sort of sick minded as it may be, the one positive he can take out of that whole mess of crap that's happened to him is the advice that his dad gave him. Uh huh. Earn your fortune, save your money. Mm-hmm. You think of it like all the negative that he's had, that in itself can be seen as a major positive. His, <laughs> his dad's going to jail, yeah, but his dad's giving him advice for life. Uh-huh. You know? And here, I'm going all bloody serious and somber <laughs> here, you know? But seriously, it's like, yeah, my ma's deed, my sister's deed. I'm a, well, my ma's deed, I'm away from my sister, I'm yeah. writing to my sister. And then my sister's deed. Uh-huh. So, what have I got left? I've got the advice from my dad. Earn my money, save my money. There's a bit of a gap in the story. I know it's a minor thing here, maybe if I like. So, who fucking raised Fred? What happened to Fred? When he was growing up. He barely knew his Uncle Scrooge. He's Ma's da. He's Ma's husband, I should say. Mm. Oh, maybe Aye, the husband probably raised him. Because yeah. I'm assuming she, if, she, if she got up with sticks, she probably had a, a block. Yes. <laughs> You know, at the very least, for one stage of the process. Aye, aye. <laughs> anyway, we didn't have the tech back when he sort that out. You know what I mean? So then we get to the Fezziwig, uh, but where she was having a young Marley working everything during Fezziwig's party. He was a he, he was a shite Fezziwig. He yeah. was he, no, he was a shit Fezziwig. <laughs> okay, well I. But, Fuzzy Bear was well better. Well better than him. I mean, he was nice and everything, but he wasn't a Fuzzy Bear. Parmy only thinks that the only reason they did a Christmas Carol, which is for the excuse to call Fezziwig Fuzzywig. Fuzzywig. Fuzzywig was well better than Fezziwig. <laughs> is it weird that uh, Muppets, with my first exposure to both the Muppets and, and Christmas Carol at the really? same time? Really? Really? Cool. Do you know I I have similarly I don't know if you're you're different from me on this one, but you know a Muppet Christmas Carol uh-huh. is the only Muppet movie I've watched. Wow. Yeah. I mean I watched the cartoon, I watched the Muppet Babies. <laughs> I watched it, I liked that. I've I've seen Treasure Island has Tim Curry as the villain in it. Yeah, he's 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 Billy Connolly thinks so now and maybe a joke about he a guy died in a Muppet movie? And then Billy Gordon would go and see it and he's fucking stand up in an interview he's like, I die in everything I'm in. Like, I'm the only guy who dies in a fucking Muppet movie. <laughs> Importantly, the fe- we had the Fezzy Wake party. That's the important bit, we should get back on top of it. And like, he's doing the big things. They're like, out oh, you too, Tom Marley. He's going, no more work. It's time no more for work. Time for fun. And like, he's like, oh, oh, what a simple man he was. The dog's at Fraser. I keep calling Fraser. Uh, Scrooge. <laughs> No, but he's like, oh, simple man, Fezziwig, but 
He's, he seemed to enjoy it. He was there quite a party, and even to the point where he's singing, he's singing the song basically about the face of like part how great it is that that uh, fucking Scrooge even gets involved and sings along well, a little bit. A wee bit at first when he starts jigging a wee bit, and then they get they, start, they sing about he sings about they go Thursday, where Thursday, where Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and then quite even as we dance with the ghost uh, Christmas mm. past and everything and then we see the moment where he meets his wife his missus and this uh, version called Emily and you see that time Scrooge played Emily by, and played by uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt Jennifer Love Hewitt plays yeah. Emily yes wasted in this movie if I was you barely I, forget she's in this I never was she what was she fuck was she famous for I don't know medium just, right Ghost Whisperer that was it. Aye. It's the same thing. As, as, as American Dad thankfully pointed yeah, out. For why, us. why? Why do you ghost always come to me? Oh, we just oh, uh, the... no reason. No reason. <laughs> we just we just trust you. We just trust you. So yeah, we meet Sarah and then we get. Well, I like I like this idea a bit here because this, like I said, there's some interesting ideas here in that we actually see Scrooge and Marley starting their business and just how obsessed with money they become, even in their younger days. When he like he gives a guy a couple extra days, but ups his interest rates, mm. and then like phase weeks clearly fall on hard times, but like he's not even willing to give him the the money that he's he, he would probably need. I to. know that bit's kind of shitty. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. like phase week comes in years later, as you say, when Scrooge and Marley have got their business going, he's like. He's like your business isn't profitable, and you're not. Like, of an age where you can make it profitable, yeah. you can see how this would be, and like but basically, it's a case of like you won't make the money back to pay me back. Basically, yeah, and f- Fezzy Wig's like, I got you started. I showed you, and, and then his voice, like, he showed you kindness, and he's yeah, like, he treated you guys like sons, and you're not even going like to help him. Sons, and he's like, no, I'm not helping you. I good day, sir. I said good day. I said good day. <laughs> but get out. <laughs> and, out. and then she, he's Mrs. Come, Emily comes, and she's like, you know, clearly you're obsessed with gold, and maybe I'll give you one more piece. She gives him back. He's regular. I'm building this all for you, and like, no, you don't care about me. All you care about is your your business, your fortune, everything. You're here all the time. But if he's if he's vehemently doing it for you, when he's doing it for you, you callous bint. Yeah, but he's doing it for her. <laughs> But at the expense of spending any time with her, and like only thing he seems to be focused on is business money. It doesn't seem to have any other interest to Scrooge. I know. I just think she's a bit harsh. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's a soulless shape, but you know, she could have tried to make him see sense. But then we we actually get a rare thing here as we cut to years later. We see Marley and Scrooge. We now kill the girl, not as hunched over as he is, and then we get to see Jason Alexander as a non ghostly. A non ghostly Molly, and then a non ghostly George, and then they stop. He just stops me. Like, I think I'm gonna go home. Better then. I'm just. I'm not feeling. Not feeling well. And then, as before, he even leaves the the building. He just collapses. Yeah. So we actually get to see Marley, you know, dying. Oh, yippee! Yippee! We get to see a fucking dude drop dead. That's yeah. just cheerful Christmasiness. It's the Hurrah. most wonderful time of the. It's, a, <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like. Oh fuck! Shit! Shit! Have yourself a merry little oh, Jesus. 
Anyway. Have yourself a merry little coronies. <laughs> so then, I'm sure, there you go, I'm sure after the song. I'm sure after all that, Gooch is definitely at, up for more singing after being really loving that. Which is when we get the visit from the Ghost of Christmas Present. Played by Jesse L. Martin of Law and Order fame. Detective Green. Oh, him! That's who this is. He's he... He was not the fat one, was he? No, no, he, he's the Christmas, Ghost of Christmas Present. He's thin and... No, I mean in Law and Order. No, no, he... No. No. Because there's a fat one... You know about Anthony Anderson? That's the one, aye, aye. Well, he wasn't even fat, he was just getting chunky. Well, he's a little bit too good, but no, he was replaced by Anthony Anderson. Ah, right, right, because I remember the last season of Law and Order, because I love Law and Order. Mm. Particularly, I love the first five seasons because it's my favourite, it includes my favourite detective team. Uh huh. Well, Jerry Orbach and Chris North. Mm. You know, Brett Logan and Briscoe. Okay. That, that is my favourite, like, detective team. Well, I can't remember who you fought North, but I remember Green being there when I was watching it. Green, Green, Green. Green, playing by Jesse L. Martin. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't remember who his partner was. That might have been thing. Dennis Farina. Yeah. He was in it for a bit. So, so you see our eyes of the ghost group. He's also in The Flash as a cop as well, the Flash TV show. I, I, I watched Flash Cup. And uh, they actually did a musical episode of that, and I remember him and being one of the few, being one of the better singers of that episode. So I was like, it wasn't Jesse L. Martin in Rent. Anyway. Yeah. But basically, at the point was I knew he could sing, so I wasn't. I didn't mind his. Uh, and then he's sitting there, and amongst all these fantasies, you're like, ah, you have not seen the likes of me before. He just oh, did, he did not say, come in and know me better, man. Do you know who he looked like to me? Who did he look like to you? Like, in character as yeah. the ghost of Christmas present? Yeah. Cat for Red Dwarf. <laughs> Actually, yeah. You know? Did he not look a bit like Cat? He did. Like, I thought so. <laughs> but so he then they start singing about charity and you know, goodness and everything. It, then he has, what do you do, Gooder? And then it's a bit where he's scrooging the stage at the crowd of this like event, look like, how the same one he was probably selling tickets for earlier. Aye, aye, that's the that's the bit I ended skipping through but dancing about what do you He got screwed. This is again where I wasn't liking Kill Scarce before is this point where he's running about people trying to get him involved like, oh, oh, like fucking say shit, Scrooge. Don't be like, oh, no, I'm there and shaking yourself. He just goes, oh, no, oh, no, don't touch me. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, I'm surrounded by Celtic fans. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they do a weird thing where they show him Bob Cratchit's house first, then take him with Fred's. And that's... Aye. I don't know that, It's no other way around in, in the good version. And in all other versions, it's the other way around. Aye. His nephew Fred is, um, you know, and. Well, actually, I made the mention earlier on in the past. Like, I think there's a scene I've only ever seen in certain versions, but never in, not in this one and in the uh, puppets Kane version one. Yeah. And there's a bit with it where he's off in a workhouse for a while or in school or in some versions, but he's. There is a, maybe a point where his sister comes to get him Aye. and he rejects the idea of going with her and that kind of closes her foot means he doesn't have any family. Well, but then, but, so then they, they do away with that for the sake of, oh yeah, she died giving birth to Fred and I've never seen her again. Hmm. Well, I'll set you a wee, a wee, a wee thing for Old Christmas. Yeah. Well, you know how most like Old Christmas will both watch a Muppet one. Oh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's tuned Christmas in. Eve. I'm having 
some people over Christmas Eve, but I'll set time aside to watch this movie. Yeah, well, if you find the time for another movie at your leisure over Christmas, uh-huh. well, I will I will look out and watch the Patrick Stewart version. Uh-huh. You look out and source the, the George C. Scott version that I think I'll, is I'll, I'll do my best. So anyway, my point was that was a change, and then... We've got I'm visiting Bob Pratchett, like this is the house of your uh, tiny Tim, your the son of your employer your employee, Bob Pratchett. I never knew that Tiny Tim was to he tried to tell you, but you just wouldn't listen, would you? And anyway, I said, Oh Tim, Tim's come downstairs like he lives in the same house as you. How are you so surprised to see here? <laughs> Basically what you're saying you're what you're saying is your Patrick patronizing prick. Is as, you leave him up well and surprise when he makes it doing his cell. No, what you're saying <laughs> is, Oh good. Tim's here. I'm a surprise. He's still alive. <laughs> That's very much what you're saying. And again, Tim always confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, but I'm on, I'm on a schedule. Go on. Okay, uh, I think maybe I mentioned it when we did the Muppets review, but it always confused me a bit, Tim, because they always make it out like he's properly like, crippled or yeah. in really bad hill. But, well, re- but really, it's revealed that... She's got a lame leg. Well, no, it's revealed... After we where they talk about it at the end of the case, they're like, "Oh no!" As soon as his dad got paid more, and he could afford better medicine. Oh, he didn't he die at all? Just, no, he was a bit, just a a bit he, fucked up. Oh, yeah, all it took was a pay rise for his dad to save Tiny Tim's life. In a in a big turkey. Yeah, in a big turkey. Which ultimately, if you think about it, wouldn't he have equated to that bigger turkey when he was sharing it with Tiny Tim's mob and his nephew's mob? Well, it's it's confusing in that one. You know, I hate to pick holes in yeah, a Christmas yeah, I classic. Get, I, I, I get you, I get you. <laughs> you know, that's Kim. <laughs> you then he sees it and then they do the whole thing, the, the founder of the feast, Mr. Scooter. I wish I had me, I'd give him a piece of my mind to choke up on. <laughs> Alright, well I'll touch this health for you. Yes, but not for him. But not for him. Yes. I did like that, but she's like, yeah. I'll touch this health for you, but not for him. Yeah. And then he sneezes, and then he sneezes again, like he still fucking know well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, a shit immune system. Yeah, and then, so there was a family. See what happens to Tim. But, <laughs> <laughs> but too much. <coughs> too much. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why it just came to me there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so horrible, I know. He's a drunk. It's Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas. No. Oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, God. One more story. Then he shows him, obviously, his nephew, but like, they don't make it much fun of him as they do in the Michael Keane version, which I'm happy about, though. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually have you have this, but I'm on a schedule. Okay. And I'm really don't want to talk about this no, movie. No, 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 I really go, go, don't go, go. want to talk about this as much as I do. Uh, I, but, like, they don't make as fun, much fun of them as they do in the Michael Keane version. But really, it's a case of, like, Fred saying that, really, he wish, he still wishes he's, he could get to know his Uncle Bear because, like, he loves his mum. He said his mum supposedly loved his, loved Scrooge a great deal. So if he loved her, then he must be some good in him. And then, of course, that's singing. And, and he's such uh, a sweet man, is Fred. Yeah, I like Fred in yeah. this scene. Yeah. And then, but Fred's boy, I wanted to fucking slap her in the face. Hmm. Because like his missus gave between the two, mm-hmm. like 
well, I think. Well, like, we were right. Like, because, like, Fred's misses. It's kind of almost some Fred thing where he's like sympathetic, but then also said, like, you oh, know, it's a shame though like, he treats you like this, even though you invite him to dinner every single year. Aye. And then, and then basically, I don't know what he says exactly, but the boy basically says, oh, you'll yeah, be miserable, so he will, or, oh, he's too, oh, he's mean, or whatever. He's, he's been a prick to Scrooge, basically. Ah, oh, right, right, aye, well, aye, fuck him, one. Mm. Fuck him. Aye. Very, aye, very Scottish, well, aye, aye, fuck him, one. Mm. Fuck him. Fuck, in fact, get, you know what, get the fuck. Jack, this is my body house. <laughs> Only if it's their kind of boots, isn't it? It's not, it's not, it's not as, as good as the uh, other second sip. Is it because it's warmer now? Maybe it's because it's not cold, because it was cold when you had the first sip. Possibly. Aye. Maybe you prefer a... a, a aye, let's get to the well, end. That's the thing, though. I, I, it was, I, I tasted more of the cider, like you said, it was a bit like cheap wine, a bit like cheap cider. I tasted more of the, what, the, the, what, the cider earlier. It's got an unusual sweetness but to then, it. But now I tasted more of the wine, which I didn't like, so I don't know what's happened with that one. But, aye. but anywho, aye, aye. <laughs> So that yeah. felt bad. We're on the final stretch now. Mm. Well, then there's a bit where like Scrooge is singing along with a song that's been sung, and uh, Fred so because Fred sings a song that that Scrooge's mother and clearly uh, a song that means a lot to him about mindscape magic. And then Scrooge, uh, <laughs> why do you call the fucking Fraser? <laughs> Scrooge starts singing along, and to, which actually surprises the ghost Ebene- as well. Ebenezer Crane. <laughs> I have no money to pay my mortgage. You know what that means? Yes. Cranes and Maine have got a living brain. <laughs> Humbuck. <laughs> but so Ebenezer Crane. Ebenezer Crane. So I'm singing along with a song that's been sung by Fremy's family and all that. Uh-huh. And then we see him <laughs> looking over Tiny Tim and dead looking off the like it's been like oh I bet by next year I'll be able to walk down the stairs all by myself you won't have to carry me and it's a sad moment because you can see the looking back to the where he knows that he's dad's going oh son we'll no have to carry you we'll only have to carry you once uh, and then fucking plant you <laughs> he, he, he knows what's going to happen and obviously it's sad for a father to bury his son but like and then uh, Scrooge is there like Oh, I said, like, you know, I never, I knew, like, I feel, feel so bad, and everything else, like, I see what happened, and thank you, Tim. And then there's a thing that's not in the Muppet version, which you understand why, but it's in most versions, uh-huh. where there's these two children with the ghost Christmas present, and one represents want, one out, or it's greed, I think Oh, I want, want and greed, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it's greed is the other one, but, like, he's like, be worried of that one, be worried of want. Yeah. And, basically, it's, he said, the ghost of Christmas present basically says to him, like, oh, yes, Jerry Tim is like many children, like these two. And he's like, no, these represent man's want and greed. Mm. It's like, what happened? They look so poor. They're like, well, I don't know, workhouses? Like, why must you use your, my words against me? Like, and he said, like, well, what a tiny Tim, what he may die. Like, well, if he's going to die, he better do it and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, oh man, hit me with my own part, man. Like, oh man, that's fuck. Oh man, that's <laughs> not right. Mm. Prick. <laughs> and then it doesn't fade away because they don't keep the whole thing, oh, I'm fading away because my time is short on this earth. I only live in the prison and everything. <coughs> so, well, that he just appears back. He just disappears and then he appears again and he's, I think it's in his house or out in the middle of the street. I can't remember where it is he goes. But then he 
I like to see his um, teeth went to a cemetery, but then <laughs> this line, given the presentation of this ghost, makes no sense. Because why, when he sees the ghost of Christmas present, which only thing is she's wearing black and got weird contact in one eye. Does I know, he, does scaly he, looking bitch. Does he say, I fear you more than any of the spirits I've seen so far? Yeah, you're slightly more creepy than happy, jovial Christmas present and the woman, womanly fucking Christmas scary, past. Was, was sort of scatty looking bird. But like, you're not entirely the most scariest thing that can appear. No, I think Marley in this version is scarier then, than you. For God's sake, she's all she's a solid witchy looking bitch at yeah. first, and then all of a sudden she turns into fucking she turns into goes off with fucking Ghostbusters. No, so she goes all white and shit. She doesn't speak also, which is which no, is she's least just, but she's like, just all fucking forty and shit, and you're like, what the fuck are you? I know. You know, and then you get this weird singing scene where he's. Guys digging around a grave. I mean, I, mean, I like the song. Like the song was alright, but the whole, yeah, the whole you, you, presentation you, of we've seen was crap. Basically, like saying, hearing the thuds, that's the sound of people dancing on your grave. You're the, the nail being hammered into the coffin. I got the message was good and the, the song was cool, but the implication of said, the, the implementation of said thing was shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, once again, like the scene was very quick and seemed very rushed. Well, that's the thing. This is this film is only an hour twenty seven minutes. Don't you think that scene, which should have been, like that, is probably the most important scene in the movie? Yet that particular part of it seemed rushed to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But well, like, like I said, we will, uh, you can find this on YouTube, by the way. Mm. It's also on Amazon. It's it's pure mad brilliant. So it is. It's free on Amazon uh, Prime as well. But like, is that, it ever? That's how good it is. It's free. Well, it's included with Prime. You know, that's the difference. Uh, like Prime. But like, it's an hour and twenty-seven minutes long. But still, I think it was like an hour and thirteen when the Ghost Christmas Beat to Come shows up, and so it's a case of we've got about fifteen or so minutes left of the movie. We really need to rush through this last ghost, which again. With some extended dance and singing numbers early on in the movie, you could have cut down to save more time for the ghosts. Or, or you know, no head. I know. And so, literally, they never leave the graveyard. No, they don't. So this entire sequence. This entire sequence, they never leave the graveyard. So they go through that sequence and then, basically, seeing somebody... And also, <laughs> they show Scrooge in the bed. That's being torn down, the stuff, the bedding, and everything mm-hmm. being sold off to a, a ragged bowman. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing's like, what am I meant to live? And it's like, look, we heard a guy earlier on, the guys from the exchange appear and talk about somebody died. Are you not realizing it yet? This is your death, everyone's happy. I'm either dancing on your grave, man. But yet, at that end, so seeing him is not part of the story. You should, you should hear us, you should think it's him, and then have that shocking moment where he's in denial, but then sees the gravestone. Oh, Ebenezer screwed. It's all about you, like. And then he said the whole thing was better. Why would you show me this if I'm past hope? It's all That's about part of the story. You shouldn't have him see it and not realise that he's going to die because it gives it away. Again, it's not subtle in the fucking slightest. He sees the grave. Ebenezer Crane. <laughs> I am wounded. Mortally wounded. Oh, what of my radio show? <laughs> With my faithful listeners. <laughs> I am a beloved Seattle institution. <laughs> 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 and the rest 
I die. Horatio. <laughs> like, it's weirdly even though as much as it is, this, after that, slot, that last scene with the ghost Christmas present and this is really where Kelsey Grammer seems to come into some kind of stride as screwed. Aye. Because he gets to interact and have more dialogue. And you get to see go, ha, ha, ha. Well, yeah. <laughs> then you get to see him looking into the same grave site as uh, the Cratchit family gather in Tiny Tim's grave and he's mm. put the crutch by the grave like, oh, no, not Tiny Tim. <laughs> and then... No. And then, it's weird, because, like, he's meant to cry at the spinner and then immediately transition back into his bedroom and find, oh, it's not too late, I can still make the all these changes. But he does the whole speech where he sees her, why would you show me this if I was past all of I will run a Christmas all the year, past, present, and future. <laughs> and then this ghost just disappears, and then he starts joining, he finally joins in in that song about man's kindness, and mm. uh, that creepy child appears, and then he actually sees his mom and his sister there. Mm. And so he, so he, jo- he properly joins in, and he has a wee song of his own, and then he finally appears back in his bedroom, like, I'm, I'm, al- I'm here. I'm still alive. And then he pulls all these boys and knock at the door. Oh, Gavin, that bit going, come on. Bloody Americans with an English accent. I know, pricks. But then he put. He Freshen your drink, Gavin. He opens the door. The kids are going to run away because they'll say he might be a mean old man. But then he literally grabs a child and pulls him into his house. Yes, that's what Scrooge does. Creepy bastard. <laughs> yes. But. Not long after the movie finished, the police came to talk to him. I don't care if it was Christmas Day. If anything, Mr. Scrooge, that makes it worse that you grab this child off the street. Ebenezer Perv. And you paid him off to buy you a turkey? What did you do to the turkey? Oh, you took it to a sick boy. Oh, I bet you did, you bastard. You dirty, dirty bastard. <laughs> we really severed this, haven't we? Yeah, but it's your alcoholism, Scott. This was, this was, this was I made I made a point. You mentioned the police. I I have, I I have tried to help you. But, as, he, as he drinks his big bottle, but it's impossible. <laughs> You're just jealous because you don't have a bottle of Lambrini. You drunk. I don't want a bottle of Lambrini. Well, you have cherry, you know. Mm. Yeah, mm. there is cherry and there is peach. As far as I'm aware. He's like, like, what day is it? Well, it's Christmas Day, sir. I haven't missed it all the spirits they did all in one night. They can do anything they like. They and can, you know. And he just starts dancing about it. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. <laughs> hey, do you know that, uh, do you know who that prize tag he's been selling with? How much is it? Uh, what, what is it? It begins with this. Sovereign. Sovereign, yes. How much is a sovereign? I don't know whether I meant to look that up. That's, do you know that's one of those things I did look up when I was a young, like, little younger? Uh-huh. And I found it fascinating, but not, unfortunately, fascinating enough for me to retain. Oh, yeah. So you often like, what? It's, I think it's because the sovereign's there. Oh. You know what a halfpenny is, don't you? No. A halfpenny. Uh. A halfpenny. Halfpenny. It's a pound. Really, it's worth a pound. Right. That's how much, you, how, how much a pound was worth back then. There you go, people. That's what you had to wait almost two months to hear with Scott looking up what a sovereign was, which was a pound. And I find that quite fascinating because I, I never actually knew what a sovereign yeah. equated to. Yeah. You know? like, I'll, I'll, give t- you- I'll tell you one thing I do know what equates to money-wise. What? Well, 
I I have or had, if my son has used mm -hmm. my card, I had eight pounds in my bank account today. Now today, that would buy me he followed by ha. Mm -hmm. Back when I was a a virile teenager, <laughs> that would have bought me cigarettes, bevy, a Greg's. And maybe my baby. Mm. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, must cost a sovereign, sir. Like, here's two sovereigns. Buy me that turkey. And keep the, the change. change. Like, oh, so generous. Like, the thing he is, he gave you two pounds. He gave you two pounds, right? And if it's a pound for the turkey and you're giving him a pound anyway, then your statement is moot because there will be no change. Well, if the kid's wrong, if the kid's wrong, maybe it's a bit more than a sovereign, like, well, a, sovereign, like, kid, a, like a sovereign and a little bit, well, like a couple of shillings or whatever. Well, but if the sovereign, if we're, if we're going on the assumption that the sovereign is one of the higher bits of currency here, then he's still going to have some change, which is more than this kid who's going door to door begging for money he's going to have. Right, but if the kid's wrong, then he's a liar. Well, he guesses, <laughs> baby. He's guessing. But anyway, he gives him the turkey, and again, in the story, because it's different in the Whippets one, but like, in the story, originally it's a case of, uh, which, which I didn't realise until I read the book, was that... <gasps> what, what? Nothing, keep talking. What, what, no, I what, I need, I'll be distracted, what, what is it? Got it. Thank you. <laughs> in the story, he basically buys the turkey, but doesn't actually go to Cratchit's house with it, he sends the guy, he pays for a cab for a guy to go and give it to him. And then goes to Fred's house for dinner and takes him up with his invitation. Aye. And then the next day, Cratchit finally comes in, but he comes in late. And Scrooge acts like he's going to give him into trouble. Mm. But, and then he's like, no, I'm going to raise your salary, give you more money and all that. And you can help tide him, not die, basically. <laughs> basically that. I'll pay for your way not to die. But then they try to have both ways in this one, because he goes out... He's made like, oh, he's all suddenly. But she brings him the turkey there anyway. And he's all, ah, thank you. Merry Christmas to you. And he's all happy. And he, he starts singing his song. If you saw Kelsey get to finally sing. And he starts scheming money to those guys with charity and giving out money to people. Mm. Then they try to have it both ways in the end because they have him go with a bunch of people to the Cratchit house, gives them his turkey after faking him out, thinking he's on bad. Yeah. But then he goes with scrapey people with Tiny Tim on his shoulders over to Fred's house and asks if he can come to dinner. Like, they're afraid, like, ah, oh, you can come in. Or all these people come with you. <laughs> he bring all these people, like, I've not got that much room. And if, on the other note, if people are goddamn excited, what are you on a day? Like, they're just going to be stoned about once people go in their house. So we'll, we'll wait and see how it turned out. How was it? We had, tur we had turkey. And it was smashing it. Right, we had. How was it? Fuck, you still here? We had dinner? Fuck off. <laughs> and, uh, He's wanting. Also, they do point out that in every version of Christmas Carol, Fred's parties do look fairly fancyish as they do. They like a lot of And yet, they say, uh, Scrooge always says when he meets them, I want very of you to be many, you're poor enough. Making out that he's kind of on the same level of poor almost as Bob, uh, Bob Cratchit, the but really he's not. He's somewhere in the middle between the Cratchit and The thing is, though, right, if you look at Fred, especially in the Michael Caine version, uh -huh. Fred looks like he's got more dapper gear than Scrooge. Right. Fred looks like he's got, I mean, 
Basically, he doesn't have as much because what he does have, unlike Scrooge, he keeps saving up, he actually does spend his money and stuff that makes him happy, especially around Christmas time. Yeah. Because he's wearing the same thing during the Christmas party. But yeah, then they do. Then he and Scrooge both sing that song about man's kindness, basically his idea, like, he's made a connection, finally, the relationship and all that. Mm. And I think that's the end of the movie. Well, we do see him interact with the ghosts the way she's like, were these representations or were they actually the goats mm. walking amongst us and everything? But just that, if we get it. And that's the movie. Yeah, I I hope we we covered it properly. I really do. I, I mean, it's a, again, at the end of the day, much as, yes, we're covering it good for various reasons, an actual review of it. I think we covered the main beats for it, but again, it's a TV musical. A yeah. TV movie musical. It, made. It's a TV musical that we watched I watched today, Scott watched... Last night. Last night. Well, both... I watched some of it Wednesday, then had to watch the rest last night. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, I, I'm definitely... I'm not pissed. I'm definitely drunk, though. <laughs> you know, and I, I had to get drunk to review it, because, I mean, it wasn't a shit movie at all. It was no, it was a, an okay movie. Yeah. But it wasn't great. No, You no, know, no. and and it wasn't, it wasn't even singing, really. No. It was just the. It was just the unevenness of the movie. Yeah. That bothered me. It was that was the largest part of it. It was just so. There was there was no balance between the dialogue, the story, and the yeah. and the songs. You know. I uh, yeah yeah really because like the fact that there was all that kind of almost adapted from a t- uh, a play kind of harms the movie because like, there are parts mm. where you watch it like. This stuff here would be great in a play and get away that the theatre, but yeah, it like doesn't you translate say, to a movie. Like you say, like if it's adapted from like a play or a, a stage musical or whatever yeah. it was, you know, it re- it is really hard to translate. It's actually, I would say, and I'm I'm no movie buff or nothing, yeah. you know what I mean. But I actually be- would believe it'd be easier to translate a movie to a stage musical yes, than yes. from a. Stage musical to a movie. I I I I No. So, going back to overall the film, final thoughts on it plus Kelsey's performance before we go into the ratings. Well, my final thoughts on the film, as I said throughout, I think it just it, it seemed very unbalanced to me. Yeah. And I, I hope I know you get what I mean, but I hope our listeners like. I hope I'm not being mm-hmm. a ditty on this one, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I can be very simplistic in how I say things and shit. But it was very unbalanced. You know, it was like too much of one thing, not enough of another. None of the third, you know. I, I For what Kelsey's performance was in the movie... For how he portrayed that part, I think he done well. I just don't think it was the best representation of the character. No. You know? No, I agree. There, and it, it, it was a, it was a sweet movie. It was... A, I mean, the emotional parts were emotional. The sweet parts were sweet, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, yeah. it ticked all the boxes. It just didn't... It didn't have the feel for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's the ultimate way I feel about the movie. Yeah, I, I think there are definitely some good ideas in this, but like, mm. not enough to put them all together. Good ideas, certain elements from good dialogue. Yeah, like you said, I agree with what you said. Like when the, when the bits are meant to be emotional, 
They are. They, they are. Hit, and they hit the way they're meant to. For the most part. Kelsey. Yeah, that, that's the problem where, well, like, that very thing you just said, for the most part. Yeah. Like, and I I really hate sounding like such a fanboy here, but once again, I'll go back to the, the version we, we live by, you yeah. know? But every element of that one. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a fucking Muppet movie, you know? <laughs> but every element of that movie was just... Mm-hmm. You know, it was... Like, the emotional parts made you almost tear up. Yeah. The funny the funny bits made you piss yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, can I can I not quote... Like the lamp, not the rat! Like, like the, the lamp, lamp, not the rat! What? Ah! <laughs> you know? But, like, that movie just makes you feel... Uh-huh. And this one just makes you... A little <sighs> leaves you wanting. Mm-hmm. I think is the best way to put it. It leaves you wanting. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Kelsey, as I said before, I thought there was so much more you could have brought to this role. Yeah, you, that you definitely could have. Was, you know his range. It was. A, it was seemingly. It felt like a waste of such a talent. Yeah. Oh, um, more so definitely. You know. <gasps> I like the some of the ghosts. I weirdly like Jason Alexander as uh, as Marley, as much as I wasn't expecting him expecting to. So, yeah. so, so that decaf, I knew I felt something. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm retreading old ground here. But like, yeah, some of the musical elements I think hindered it as much as it helped it. But Paul, overall. I mean, this because this may be by default the lowest rated thing we we talk about so far in the series. Where is your thumb going to be for this? In the middle. In the middle. Yeah, because I I enjoyed the latter half of the film more than the earlier <gasps> half, so I can't give it a down a for slow, that. A slow, burning, no bad film. Uh, it's weird for a TV movie that's an ever twenty seven minutes long to be described as a slow burn. Really, if you're if you're a TV movie without that length of time, you don't really have time to be slow burning. Do you know something, right? And this is mildly off topic, but it's very short because we're at the end. Yeah. Do you know what's a fantastic TV movie? What's and that? And I fucking highly recommend it. Buried Alive. Huh. That, that is a phenomenal movie. Right. Fucking, it had a sequel which shouldn't have happened. But phenomenal. Phenomenal. But then again, I love how we say it's a slow burn, despite the fact we said that big issue with the Ghost of Christmas late to come part was it was it was too rushed. So it was slow burn. Then they realised really late on shit was slow burn too much. But rush, bit, 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 bit. Oh, now he loves Christmas now. So that was basically the gist of it. But we thank you for listening. I know most of you may not have known about this adaptation before we mentioned it. So. I, would, I don't really recommend watching it, but if you feel so inclined you want to see what the what, what some of the fuss and some of the dislike quite a bit of dislike was about, then you can see for yourself. This is actually a thumbs up for you, is it maybe a thumbs down, maybe you hated it more than we did. But, you know, I wanted to see your guys' thoughts and hopefully this is coming out around about either twenty third or even Christmas Eve. So we know we know over this time me and Paul will be prepared to watch the version that we'd rather be talking about, and we did talk about over this version, the Muppets Christmas Carol as part of our Christmas edition, but I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter at SPOnline, follow Rogue Opinions, which we're also on at Rogue underscore Opinions. Follow 
uh, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash round podcast, get Rogue Pines and uh, Scott Paul's on all good Android podcast sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it's been a good, it's been a fun episode. Funner it's, been than fun, the, it's been a fun year. A fun year, yeah. yeah really? Do you know we have had so many cool episodes this year? Uh-huh. I mean, like, you really think about it, this is, this is the end of our fifth year. Yeah. You know, like, five years you've been doing this shit. And we're pretty, I would say we're pretty fucking good at it, you know? <laughs> I mean, I know, we, I know we don't have the most phenomenally huge listener base, but we have a loyal listener base. They're good people. We we do our damnedest to give them good content. Yeah. We're not always on the ball, I know, but we do our damnedest. We love them all. We're awesome. It's been a good, it's been a good five years and long may it continue, man. Yeah, it's been long a good year. May it continue. Especially the refinance thing, I think it's been really helped us this year. Oh, In fact, hell we're, yeah, hell I think yeah. much like last year, we're very set on what the kind of content we want to do. Hell yeah, we, uh, we, keep we know where we are, man. Yeah, we do. And so thank you all. For listening, thank you for following up with us last year. How long you've followed, and hope you have a good, you've had a good year, and have a happy Christmas to you and to you, Paul. Have a merry and Christmas to you, Scott. Thank man. you. So good day and words of you know Ebenezer Crane. Good mental <laughs> health <laughs> and a and a merry Christmas to you all. Goodbye. It is required of every man that his spirit travel far Lending help to those he can, no matter who they are But if you don't go forth in life, spreading joy and easing pain Your spirit will go forth in death, and you shall wear a I hoarded for a rainy day Now with every jingle I'm distressed Locks and keys that helped me keep the poor away That's what put these locks and keys around my waist Link by link My chain was getting longer Link by link I should have heard it clink Link by link, each year a little stronger, link by link by horrifying link.